shoot. Welcome to Liberty FM, the podcast dedicated to all things New York Liberty. I'm Felicia, and I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Francois. This is episode 15, recapping a fruitful week for the Liberty with a comeback win in overtime against the Connecticut Sun and then a blowout win against the Minnesota Lynx. Francois, let's start with this incredible win against the third best team in the league, the Connecticut Sun. Wow, what an incredible game that we experienced uh, last week against uh, the Connecticut Sun. I mean, uh, we went through so many different emotions. Oh, and yeah. I don't think we expected the outcome, um, you know, the way it did. Because let's go back into the, the first half, first of all, and how good Connecticut was mm-hmm. on both ends of the floor. It really seemed like they scouted the Liberty really well because defensively, they were not giving a lot of space to the Liberty, especially Stewie and, and Sabrina Ionescu. Don't you think? Like, I felt like it was really, really hard for the Liberty to, to play that game. Yeah, they definitely smothered the Liberty um, on defense, I just think. And also, the Liberty got some open shots, and the, they just weren't going down. That also didn't help. But you can also tell that the Liberty were definitely looking like they came off a five-day Rest, yeah, yeah. rest period, and they didn't look like as urgent as they should have been in this game. And I think Connecticut came out ready to play, ready to fight. And they, yeah, in the first half, Connecticut just showed more grit. They were just strong, you know, on either side of the ball. And so I don't think the Liberty were quite ready. They didn't really have, seem like they had their heads in the game, you know, in the first half. Um, they looked a bit lethargic at first. And you were wondering kind of like, oh, is this going to be tough? Or are they going to be able to come back? And, you know, I, yeah, it was just a tough first half for them. But they definitely started to chip away in the second yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because those past few weeks, the, the Liberty have had a, a pretty hectic schedule. So you thought that, you know, having pretty much like a whole week, uh, you know, to prepare and rest, like, you know, getting back to New York, getting time for themselves, time to train, which is a luxury, you know, nowadays with, with the crazy schedule in the WNBA, that it would be a, a bonus for the Liberty. But like you said, like, you know, they were very sluggish to, to begin with. And, and yeah, I was like, mm, like, what's going on with the Liberty? Like, they need to wake up before it gets too late. But also, when you have players like the one on Bonner that Ooh. got on fire in the first half from free. Yeah. Because, like, yes, like, you know, it wasn't just, like, pure luck or, like, oh, they, you know, have a good night. You know, the, the Connecticut Center were really setting good screens and had nice ball movement to create that space for, for, yeah. for freeze. But the runner Bonner, at times, it's like as soon as she saw a bit of space and she was very far from the three-point line, she would just take it. So it's hard to say, like, it's bad defense because you wouldn't necessarily expect... I mean, you could sh- sort of expect the runner Bonner to take those shots, but, you know, still, like, it, it takes you off guard. So, you know, you got to give her props, like, how well she was shooting. Um, But I was also, like, and I think that's something that the Liberty have to figure out based on the matchup is, like, they have this, obviously, they usually decide to switch on defense. But what I've noticed, like, the guards, especially uh, Sabrina, sometimes Marine, 
um, they tend to go under the screen. Mm -hmm. And when you have a team like Connecticut that has, you know, plays that set so nicely to create that space with, uh, you know, set of screens and, you know, you got guards that are very quick. Uh, you have, you know, Alisa Thomas and Bonner that are physical players and also can be very quick as well. Like, it is a dangerous game to go under the screen. And unfortunately, uh, in this game, Sabrina got beaten quite a few times because you go under, that's it. Like, that, you created the space already and the Liberty got punished quite, quite a few times on that. And so, you know, I'm glad that you know, they decided to switch uh, in the second half in that, in that regards and, and just battled it out. Like, you know, battle the screen, try to, you know, go over the screen. Yes, they will still have a bit of space, but it would definitely be much harder for them to take that shot than if you just go under. So um, that was my, my concern in, in the first half. And then when you look at the, the second half, I mean, I think they were down by 10 or 12 at, at halftime. Uh, but then the third quarter, they were down by 20, pretty much. Yeah. Um, at that very moment where everything was clicking for Connecticut, shooting freeze, scoring on the inside, uh, the Liberty not really, like, you know, showing any grit. Did you really think at that moment that uh, <laughs> the Liberty were, you know, going to take that win? Because personally, I was like, oh, it looks like they're just going to give up and, you know, just give that game. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you saw a 20-point lead, I still, you know, I was hoping they could chip away at it. But once you hit 20 points, you're like, oh, this is going to be a tight hole to get out of. And, you know, the Connecticut Sun looked unstoppable, you know, with Alyssa Thomas. She has some pretty spin moves, even yeah. on Stewie at one point, Yeah, um, going to the basket. And so, and Bonner, she just had a great night. She she could hit from anywhere, you know, from in that first half especially. And so watching them all play, you just felt like the Liberty couldn't catch up. They would try. They would have like a couple of points here. You get, you know, you might get a three bucket from Maureen and then Connecticut will hit you back with like a 10-0 run or just something. They would just go on a run themselves. And so it just it just felt like the Liberty just couldn't catch a long enough break to chip away at this lead until, you know, later in the second half. And, you know, overall, I think this was a great, I was excited to see this matchup because obviously the Liberty are number two, ranked number two, and the Connecticut Sun are number three. And so, and also you have two candidates, potential candidates for MVP. So you knew this was going to be a grudge match for sure. And, you know, initially Connecticut looked like we're the better team. We yeah. came in prepared. We came ready. And the Liberty didn't look prepared. But the one thing I did like, you know, even thinking, even second guessing at that point, like, man, are they just going to give this game away? And it was just good to see the Liberty right around the five-minute mark mm. where, you know, it started to slowly click. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not trying to give this game away. You know, just because they're up by 20, if we can just get it down. And I just kept thinking it, too. And I think the announcers, and I think Sandy said it later, you know, post-game, if we can just get this into single digits, fourth quarter, anything could happen. And I really thought that, too. I was like, if we could just get this below 10. They got it to 10. And I was like, all right, we're going to go into the fourth quarter. Let's see. We could, we could just keep chipping away. And it was spectacular, to say the least, because even with what? 
come the fourth quarter, everybody woke up. Yeah. <laughs> but let, let's go back to uh, that five-minute mark that you mentioned in, in the third quarter. Um, like, Sandy Brandillo was asked after the game, like, what were, like, some of the adjustments that she made to make that comeback? And I think one adjustment that was pretty obvious was to involve Jonquil Jones. Yeah. Because, like, the first half, if I'm looking at the stats, in the first half, she had four points and three rebounds. Mm -hmm. And then for the rest of the game, she had 17 points and 11 rebounds. So for me, it was kind of like the obvious adjustment that they needed to make because, look, Connecticut, they don't have Brianna Jones anymore. She's out for the season. And so they don't really have any other centers, really. They try to bring Atar, who's one of the tallest uh, players in the league, uh, in the first half. And, you know, she did a couple of good things, had a couple of baskets, but the problem with her is that she's very slow. Uh, and when you have a player like John Cole Jones that, you know, is so active and, and is much faster than you, uh, it could work for a few minutes, but then after a while, you'll, you'll see that you can be in pretty, pretty easily. So, you know, John Cole Jones was meant to dominate uh, in this game and against a team that she knows really well. So I think for me, that was kind of like the obvious adjustment, but the one that I wasn't necessarily expecting is to have that small ball matchup mm -hmm. um, lineup uh, when she had Benaja at the four because she could use her physicality at the mm -hmm. post. And then she went with the with the three guards, uh, Sabrina, Vandersloot, and Marianne Johannes. Now, we know that it's a matchup, uh, it's a lineup that she hasn't used as much because usually defensively they, they, get, they get vulnerable. Yeah. But in that particular occasion, like, that allowed them to play much faster and, you know, with more grit. And with Sabrina starting scoring frees, Marine also scored frees. They were much more dangerous. And in, like, two minutes, they went from being down by 20 to being down by 10. And at that very moment, like, once they were reaching that uh, minus 10, you felt like you were more hopeful with potentially coming back in the fourth, right? Yeah, I think, you know, once you play a little small ball they needed speed yeah. you know you could tell that Connecticut ran the floor and they were just faster and more aggressive but I think as you saw as the game wore on Connecticut put in a lot of effort defensively and offensively but you know they exerted a ton of energy you could see it as the third quarter and as you got into the fourth quarter just they looked a bit tired but that's because they just played so hard mm. the whole game and how much they were pushing in this game you could see it like at one point Duana Bonner she just had to take a breath for a second yeah. you know because yeah she's on fire but you you also don't realize like this is a lot of energy they're exerting and so you know, I think it, it also kind of helped the Liberty to kind of exert their own energy at the right time. Mm. And that really helped them by having, by Sandy doing that um, right in the middle of the third quarter, that started to give them some pace. And you started to involve JJ more, which is what you always got to do. Because mm -hmm. JJ, once you get JJ involved... Once, once, once you get her going, like, she's unstoppable. Yeah. And so I think once they, they got to that, they were able to chip away, chip away. And they continued that into the fourth quarter. But I do think it's part, 
yes, Sandy changing some things up, going with the three guards. And yes, it's, it can be risky at times, but at that point, you needed speed. You needed mm. to keep up with Connecticut because their guards were going everywhere. And with Maureen in there for the Liberty, she's always on the move. And so that keeps things going. That keeps the ball moving. And so that was really helpful. And then, yeah, obviously Sabrina woke up getting the threes, John Quell getting the rebounds. And, and so it was really good just to see them fight and get back into this game and not give up. And that was probably... I would say one of one of their best games this season of just of that kind of comeback and grit and coming together and not giving up until the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, whether you like it or not, uh, you know, there's been a lot of doubters about this team. Not necessarily like New York fans, but like people in general, like saying like, yeah, like on paper, this team looks great. But do they have the greed? Do they have the, the winning mentality? Um, when they face difficult situations to turn things around and get the win. And to be fair, all throughout the season, this team has shown that they have the mentality mm. to win those you know, difficult games. We've seen comebacks prior to that game you know, against the Mystics, where at home they were down all, all, during the whole game and had this incredible comeback. Against Seattle as well, where they were down by 16 or 18 um, you know, games where it was pretty tight and, and they showed the resilience mm-hmm. at moments that counted um, that, you know, they were able to get the win and make those big shots. So at some point, like, people are going to have to realize that this team could, you know, create something big this season, you know. And, yeah. and they definitely give me uh, more and more belief when I feel as a fan as well, I'm, I'm doubting and... It was interesting because Sandy Brandel after the game, like she was asked also what what did she say uh, besides you know obviously trying to find ways to make the team successful uh, in that game, like what did she do especially with players like Sabrina uh, to help them you know shifting their focus and and the way they play and she just said like yeah I just said to Sabrina like you need to wake up like we need you like we need your your scoring points. And and in the fourth quarter, when it mattered, like Sabrina responded, like she scored yeah. a couple of incredible frees, especially one in the corner with 33 seconds left that brought this game back to uh, a three-point game. Uh, so at that very moment, like we were very hopeful for the Liberty to, mm. you know, potentially make a crazy comeback. And uh, unfortunately, uh, this comeback was made possible uh, I would say, unfortunately, because she's a player that we adore, uh, Becca Allen, the former mm. New York Liberty player, who, who at this point was having an incredible game. Defensively, she was everywhere, making it really hard for Liberty guards. And also, she had quite a few frees in this game, especially in the second quarter, which created a big gap for uh, the Connecticut Sun in, in, in the second quarter. But, you know, they fouled a couple of uh, Connecticut Sun players, and then by the time they got to uh, fall, Becca Allen, uh, they were in the bonus. And so she was the one that was going to shoot, uh, shoot the free throws. And remember I told you like when it happened when we were watching the game that if there was one player that maybe the Liberty needed to foul was Becca Allen because you know, we've known her from, from previous season with the Liberty um, to be sometimes a little inconsistent at the free throw line. And then they were showing the stats, uh, showing that she was like a 70 
uh, percent uh, free throw shooter this this season. So that 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 gave us hope. Obviously, you know, in different circumstances, we would have wanted her to make those free throws because you know we've came to adore uh, her when she was playing in New York. But she did miss a free throw, and that really helps uh, the Liberty uh, to have mm-hmm. some hope. And on the the play that follow. Uh, they scored two with uh, Brianna Stewart, mm-hmm. and that was basically a two-point game. And you would expect that you know the Connecticut Center was probably going to give this time around the ball to the one Bonner, but I don't know what happened. Like you know, if good old sleuth, good old sleuth, that was putting a lot of pressure to uh, yeah. uh, to Bonner, and and she just like turned the ball over. Next thing you should grab that ball, like a life dependent on it, give it to Sabrina. And you know Sabrina, she's not going to overthink it, you know, twice. She's going to take that shot. And who fouled her at that very moment? Baker Allen. Oh, my God. Everybody was gobsmacked. Like, everybody was in shock. You saw, like, like uh, Big Steph that was in shock. Like, the crowd was in shock. I looked at you. I was like, no way. It can't be happening. And so, you know, initially I think they showed that there was like 0.3 seconds. And then, you know, looking at the replay, they give one, uh, one second, uh, 1.4 seconds left on, on the clock. But if there was one player that you want to see at the free throw line with 1.4 seconds left and the possibility to either tie the game or get the win, it was Sabrina. And, you know, I was like, man, she got ice in the vein. She's, like, one of the best free throw shooters in the league. She's going to do it. But it's still hard, though. Like, you need to have the mental strength with the fatigue and the crown to make those free throws. She made the first one. You saw Marine on the bench getting excited. Uh, she made the second one. And then, I don't know. I always said the announcers jinx it. The, the Yes Network. No. But she missed the third one, and the Liberty couldn't get the rebound, and, you know, we were headed to overtime. But I will have to say, just to go back, just yeah. on, that whole play started with Vandersloot. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to give credit to Vandersloot. She does this at least one time per game in the last few games. Actually, yeah, Maureen did it, um, actually, against Phoenix, um, where they kind of just wait. They're kind of just lurking right where they're going about to make that inbounds pass and you don't expect them to be right there. And that's essentially what happened with Dewana Bonner. She got the pass. It's just that when she turned around, Sloot was like right there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if Sloot managed to tap, tip the ball away at that point. I don't know. You know, it didn't look like Dewana Bonner had full control of the ball um, when she turned around. And so Either way, you know, with Sloot being there and being so close, she was able to get that steal and get it to Sabrina, which was a fantastic play. You know, obviously you would want that you want it to go in, they just kill the game and it be done. But you know, yeah, with ice in her veins, she made two of three. It went to overtime. I'm sure Sabrina was like, man, I wish that made that shot. This game would be over. But yeah. it did go to overtime. And then Stewie also woke up. I mean, she was yeah. waking up in the fourth quarter for sure. But, you know, come overtime, it was pretty much, you know. It was Stewie down. time. It was Stewie time for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. No, it was it was interesting because when, you know, the game, you know, the, the fourth quarter ended, 
I was really wondering how this, this overtime was going to play it out. But we had the momentum and you felt like, like the Connecticut players looked kind of gassed as well because they had put so much effort prior mm-hmm. to you know give themselves themself a chance to win that game. And when it didn't happen, you wonder if that's not that wasn't like you know the final blow for them. Um, and from the get go, we dominated this overtime. Like you know, Stewie yeah. got a free. Um, you know, uh, Sabrina also uh, scored a few times. You felt like, oh, that's great. They they're taking control of this overtime and they're not you know letting this momentum go. And so overall, I felt like we pretty much control that overtime and and. The Liberty got the win. They got a five-point win, ninety-five to ninety, and uh, yeah, that's that's the great thing um, this year is that you brought players with experience. You brought players that are used to those moments, that won titles before. Stewie, Sloot, Jonko uh, Jones hasn't won a title, but she played in two finals before, and so it definitely shows in those moments, like. They're able to rally the team and, and get them going. I mean, you know, when you think about, you know, the MVP race, it's really hard to define, you know, what is the MVP or what are the criteria. But you know with Stewie that she's going to, she's a winner and she's going to, like, encourage the team to get going and give everything they, they, they have to get that win. And that's, that's what happened in this game. I wasn't expecting such a comeback, 20-point come back but they did it and now we're 3-0 against Connecticut in this season before the the last matchup that would be in New York let's go Liberty yeah. I mean you know I think that is one thing a difference from last year to this year is that you know last year the Liberty would still fight they you know they didn't just give up if they were you know down by a huge deficit but you have more experienced players that can really rally everyone together. And, you know, in Stewie, in Sloot, and especially in those two, I think. And then everyone else picks up, you know, it's like Sab picked up, um, Laney and JJ, they all stepped up and they all played those minutes and they played just tough basketball and they needed to, they, you know, they were lethargic that first half. And just like Sandy said, they needed to wake up and, you know, this is not a game you just throw away. And, you know, every game is important. And, you know, I'm glad they finally saw that come the second half. And they started to chip away because they won each quarter after that. You know, they lost the first two quarters. They won the remaining, you know, third, fourth, and overtime quarters. And so for them, you could tell that they just had that fight and that drive that it doesn't matter how much we're down by. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep fighting until the end of the game, no matter what the score is. And I'm just glad they came out on top. Yeah. And I think, like, sometimes we forget, like, that it takes time for uh, a team to gel and find that chemistry, no matter how great um, the team looks on, on paper. And, you know, in a way, it's good that we have such a long season this year because it really allowed the Liberty you know, time to, to figure things out, to gel, to find that chemistry. And there was one uh, quote uh, that I found very interesting. That was, um, you know, Jackie Powell. She asked uh, Vandersuit about, you know, uh, the chemistry that she's starting to find with uh, Marine Johannes as well, because obviously Sloot and, and Sabrina are the starters and, you know, they had to figure things out 
um, in the starting lineup. But Marin is also a key piece to the team, and she has to play either with Sabrina or or Sloot. She's obviously more familiar with with uh, Sabrina, but I felt like she needed to still figure out things out um, with with Marin. And so this is what um, you know Vandersloot said after Jackie Pa asked her the question about that chemistry, and she said that I think it's just. Uh, take some time to build that chemistry like they play against each other in Europe but they never play uh, together so you know we know that we were playing kind of maybe two different paces at one time early on and you know we just had to take time to figure out uh, how each other's styles benefit each other some games we play more together and sometimes we're not seeing much time together but I think we've been able to find our rhythm and our way more comfortable with what times and position, um, you know, Marine needs the ball and I think that benefits everyone. And, you know, we gave a bit of a hard time to Vendersloot uh, in the previous podcast. I mean, not necessarily a hard time, but we kind of worried. Um, but we sometimes forget how smart those players are. You know, they've been playing this, this game for so long and, and Sloot, a mind functions differently than anybody else because she sees things so quickly if she makes mistakes she's not the kind of player that is just gonna like linger too much on it or continue to make those mistakes she's gonna look at it and rectify it and in that game she was the general that we Mm -hmm. uh you know know and love and i feel like it's gonna also be beneficial to the team that chemistry with marine and overall i feel like the liberty you know in those past few weeks or past months they, they figure things out, and that makes me really hopeful for, for the playoffs, regardless of who they're facing, um, that they will figure things out and they will not let anybody, you know, dictate the tempo or the game. So, great win overall against Connecticut, but no time to linger too much uh, about that win because two days later, uh, we were facing Minnesota in Minnesota for the second time uh, in uh, Minnesota and third time of all the season and uh, what can we say I, I think the, the discussion about this game is, is going to be pretty quick isn't it uh, it was Tui time once again oh yeah just like you know we talked about a little bit about Duana Bonner going getting on fire you know in that Connecticut Liberty game this time around for the Liberty Stewie set the place on fire and from the minute she stepped on the court you know I mean what can you say I I felt like though she kicked it into another gear I really do because I felt like you know yeah she fought in the Connecticut game the games prior I just feel like teams are just trying to double team her more triple team her even like the way they defend on her, it makes it harder for her to really, you know, get her buckets. You mm. know, she can't get to the all, she can't get to all the positions. You know, she can't get to all her spots basically. And so, you know, this game, she was getting to her spots, and the team was rolling. They played with pace, and so she was able to get open. And even at times where she didn't look that open, she was still making threes and setting some, giving some little heat checks here and there. And so it was just a phenomenal game for Stewie. It was a great game for everyone, really. You know, just with ball movement, and they just really set the pace from the start mm. of that game. And so I think 
you know, from the Connecticut game, hopefully they just realize, like, we got to keep our heads in the game and stay locked in from the moment we step on the court. No matter how much time we've had off, we got to get back in this. We got, you know, a few games left till the end of the season and then playoffs start. So this was definitely a, a great win for the Liberty um, going into this next week. And, yeah, what, what more can you say about Stewie? I mean, I wonder sometimes if, uh, you know, this MVP race, the, the players look into it as well. And, you know, without saying mm-hmm. anything to each other, like, yeah. you know, let their performance speak for themselves and try to, you know, challenge whoever's in the run for MVP to see if they can do uh, just as well or if not better. Uh, because, you know, a couple of, you know, recently Asia Wilson just tied a record for the most points in the history of the WNBA with 53 points. And so when you saw Stewie in the first half, you're like, uh-oh, uh, is she going to like go for the record, tie or beat it? Like, I mean, she was on the court. She scored six frees uh, in that game, which I think ties uh, a record for the most frees in her career. Let's not forget, we forgot to mention that the game in, uh, in Connecticut, she beat uh, the uh, Liberty record for the most uh, points in, uh, in a regular season for a Liberty player. So she's a scoring machine, but like we felt lately, like you said, that you know her shooting percentage um, in the last few games were probably, was probably not as good. Um, Sandy Brandello said that, to be fair, she feels like she's getting double team or triple team even more this year with the Liberty than she was uh, with the Seattle Storm. So, you know, Stewie has to figure things out, but great players, it usually doesn't take them too long to figure things out. And unfortunately, Minnesota was on the receiving end of, uh, of that, and it was just incredible. But it wasn't just Stewie, like you said. It was a whole team effort. Um, the defense was awesome, like, yeah. you know, very tight. Minnesota was suffocating every, you know, step of the way. They had so many turnovers uh, in that game, which was, you know, sometimes on their uh, own account, but most of the time is because of the pressure that Liberty was putting on, on Minnesota. And then Sabrina, you've been asking her to shoot those mid-range shots or those little floaters to um, avoid getting blocked. She did that. You know, Benaja, she was scoring. And let's just remember that, you know, Marine for that game, Marine Johannes was not playing. She got a little injured. Um, her Connecticut's uh, son player uh, step on her foot uh, in the fourth quarter of that game. And so she was questionable and ended up not playing uh, because I'm sure they, they want her to be ready for that game on Monday against the Aces. But, you know, with our Marine, uh, you know, we were still able to figure things out. And uh, what was interesting was that, you know, it got to a point where the Liberty even had a 43-point lead yeah. in the game. I mean, I've, I've, I've rarely seen that before. But it allows the the bench players to, to, to get a lot of minute times. And... At some point, you were wondering, uh, is Sandy going to let, like, um, you know, Stewie on the court? Because at the end of the third quarter, she had 38 points. She only needed 15 points uh, to score to tie the records. And you're like, you know, it's more than doable. But 
I think it was wise, don't you think, to, to oh, have yeah. Tui on the I bench mean, for the fourth quarter? You have to. I mean, once you're in these double-digit leads, if the lead was only like 10, yeah. 12 points, I think Stewie obviously would have remained on the court. Because, again, we're in the land of the three-point ball now. So, three-point balls, even if it's a 15-point game, I still think Stewie would have been out there because if somebody decided to get on fire with threes, this would be a very different game. But they had what, a 30-plus point lead at that point. And so, you know, there is no need to keep Stewie out there. You want to rest her because come Monday, you have the Aces yep. back on your home court. So, you know, it was just good to see Stewie just get those points, get in her bag, do her thing on the court, and everyone else just also stepping up and doing what they could do, too, to really affect this game. Even Sabrina. You saw Sabrina going to the hole a few times. She had a floater. It was yeah. just, like, great to see, like, just seeing Sabrina up her game and seeing her game evolve from just... She's not just a three-point shooter, clearly. Mm. She's not just a three-point shooter. And she was defending well. You know, I think with all the preparation she did in the, you know in the preseason, you know, this past season, I think it's paying off for her and it's paying off for everyone, you know, so much so that by the fourth quarter, you pretty much just had the bench and sloot for for part of the fourth. And then eventually, who would have thought that Willoughby would be the point guard at yeah. one point? Hey, if you had yeah. told me that at the start of the season, that at some point Justin Willoughby would play point guard in the game, I would have not believed you. But, you know, it was what it was. I mean, at that point, like, there was really no point in putting the starters on the on the court. And I think the caution was big enough to have that, that very unusual uh, lineup uh, for the Liberty. Because you had mm-hmm. Willoughby as the point guard. Uh, yeah. You had Nyara Savali, uh, Stephanie Dawson, and Chu. And Chu. For the first time since, like, oh mid-June or end of June. My goodness. Like, yeah. I was not expecting. I was happy. I was yeah. at this point. I was not expecting her to like having any playing time, uh, but she did. Uh, and then you had, I think, uh, Foreign as well was was on the court. So very unusual. Um, but I was happy that Angie got some playing time and she got to play well yeah. and score some points. I think you know she, Sandy was also asked about uh, Angie's minutes and and her contribution to the game, and she said she really appreciated. Um, what and she did considering that she had not played with the team for a long time and during that that stretch yeah. the Liberty improved so much and yeah. you know she, they said that they almost play with a different playbook now since the last time so she was saying that she tried to keep it simple with Anshu um, but she wanted her to play a game not necessarily force uh, shot you know shots three point shots and, and just play a game and, and she did it now obviously it's, it's not necessarily a big significance, but that at least when you look at the fourth quarter, the Liberty only lost the quarter by three points, um, which was great because they were able to rest the starters, the bench players were able to get some time, and it didn't feel as disjointed as sometimes it could be when there's three or four minutes left and you just put the bench player. Um, you know, it was a great effort overall, great night, and... Uh, I mean, I want more of that. Maybe, you know, like, maybe like tighter games like Connecticut, but I'll take a 40-point game anytime. Um, in the end, they didn't 
uh, they didn't win by 40. They uh, won by 38 points, but that was still pretty good anyway. Um, and that was the last time we were facing uh, the Minnesota Lynx until potentially the playoff. But I'm glad the, the growth that the Liberty have shown when you look at the first game uh, against Minnesota that they lost in New York, even though it was a back-to-back, it was still a loss regardless. The second game in Minnesota, I think we won by a dozen of points, but the, the whole game overall was pretty tight and, and pretty tough. Um, and so you look at that third game and this straight-up dominance from the Liberty, uh, it definitely has shown uh, uh, growth. So I feel like we are ready and prepared for that, for that game uh, on Monday uh, against the, the Aces, right? Of course. You know, this is... You know, people have talked about it, these quote-unquote super teams. And, you know, I've always said from the beginning that, you know, the Aces, they're a well-oiled machine. And, you know, they just looked, you know, initially to me they looked unbeatable. I was like, this is going to be tough. But I think now when you see the Liberty, how much they've gelled, how much the system, how much they've bought in to play their roles and to step up and, and be in these roles that maybe for some they weren't in those roles last year, you know, they just bought in and they are here and they gelled and things are clicking. And I think, you know, for the Liberty, they need to just continue to stay locked in, ride this momentum, because no matter what happens on Monday against the Aces, the Liberty are still a threat. You know, it's not the Aces don't look as unbeatable as yeah. I thought. They you lost know? this weekend, this past weekend against the Washington Mystics. And so now we only yeah. down by two, uh, two and a half games, considering that the Aces have an extra game. If we beat them on Monday, uh, we only down by one and a half games. And at yeah. that point, anything is possible to anything try to get possible. that first spot. I just think at this point, you know, all the teams that really want it are stepping up and, it's going to be a dogfight from here on out. You know the playoffs are close. The Mystics, yes, they were played with some injuries. They're coming back. All these teams, there's a reason. There's only 12 teams in this league, and every team is a great team. Mm. And so they're going to put in that fight. As we wind down the season, everyone's going to come in and, and really try to put their best foot forward and play the best basketball they can. And so it's not going to be easy for either the Liberty or the Aces. And they play each other on Monday. I, I expect it to be a grudge match, <laughs> as what, usual. What, what do you think is going to be the, the key in that game? Because I think everybody now is hoping for that very, very tight game. And I feel like I have a feeling that it could potentially be the, the closest game out of the, the four games uh, they play mm-hmm. uh, in the regular season. What do you think is going to be the, the key? For me, it is still Stewie and JJ. Um, In particular, JJ. Because you need those rebounds. You need someone in the paint. You need somebody that can get to Asia. Mm. You know, yes, the Aces can kill you in many other ways. You still got point God over there, Chelsea Gray. So, you know, and everyone has to play their defense. I also think... Benaja is going to be huge the defensively. defense on Chelsea Gray. The defense on mm-hmm. Chelsea Gray is going to be just super important there. And again, you know, people are going to get their shots. You know, they're they're a great team. But if you can slow them down just a little bit, if you can run pace, if you can switch up and get them a little off off balance, 
this game will be a game of runs. Mm. I do expect that. I think it's going to go back and forth. And they're going to make the adjustments. Um, but yeah, I, I still think if Stewie, if, if she can get around some of those double and triple teams, or just even getting it to her, her to the other players where they may beat you, mm. you know, whether it's Sabrina, whether it's Sloot or um, Benija, you know, or maybe Maureen will go off. Who knows? But I yeah. still think it comes down to JJ and Stewie. Um, it's going to be important for them to have good games. Yeah. I think personally that the the key to this game is to slow Asia Wilson. Yeah. Because when we look at the two wins that the Liberty had against the Aces, they were able to make uh, Asia Wilson's life very difficult yeah. with, you know, bad shooting nights, which was a combination of, you know, just an off night, but also the the defense on the Liberty, mm-hmm. um, you know, double teaming her at the perfect time forcing her to take tough shots, being physical with her, um, for me is the key. Because when you look at the stats, when I think both, like, you know, the game in New York where she, I think, scored only 12 points but was 2 for 14, um, the Commissioner's Cup game where she only scored 9 points and was 2 for 10, I think for me is the key. Um, Obviously... You know, they can still make it a game yeah. with Chelsea Gray, Jackie, Jackie Young, Young, Kelsey Plum. But it starts with Asia. She's yeah. the anchor of that team defensively and offensively. Yeah. And if she has an off night or if they manage to make her life very difficult, mm-hmm. not that we can live with big performances from the other player, but I feel like the flow of the Aces is going to be disturbed. And we know that the bench is not necessarily as strong as, as the Liberty's bench, and they rely a lot on the starting lineup. So I think for me, it's going to be the key. And like you said, I definitely want to see uh, Benajah Laney on, on Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray had a tremendous game uh, the last time around against the Liberty, and I had a triple-double in, in that Aces win. Um, so I think if she can sort of reproduce a similar performance that she did uh, in New York, where she was just... You know, suffocating Chelsea Gray, yeah. starting from the inbound, like starting yeah. right away, mm-hmm. guarding her. And I like, um, there was an interview um, at, at the last uh, game against the Minnesota Lynx uh, with Megan Triplett on the Yes Network, uh, where she was asking Benaja, where does this love for defense come from? And she's saying that, you know, she's always been into defense, but she also said that it's something that you can control because. Obviously, you're going to put the efforts, you're going to exercise in a way that is going to allow you to, to, you know, have good lateral movements, to, you know, be, you know, there with your opponent every single time. And she felt like this is an element that I can control. The offense requires more effort from her. And obviously, even if you have a great technique, sometimes the shot is not going to get in. But at least with the defense, that's something that she can control and five in it and so i definitely want to see a, a big performance defensively from benaja but we're also going to need to make shots right yeah, you know we, we need a great defense but ultimately the wins that we got the liberty were able to make those shots when they needed it the most and we're definitely going to give them that extra energy at the bucket i mean we haven't had a home games in like almost Couple like weeks. two weeks and a half so we're going to be hungry too uh, and make a lot of noise. The lower bowl is sold out. Hopefully the upper level uh, will come and, and support as well. 
But we're going to try to make it as loud as possible and hopefully get that win and show the Aces that we there and we're going to compete for, for that title. So definitely looking forward uh, mm-hmm. to that matchup. Now, before we conclude that, that podcast, two points that I would like to, to discuss uh, before we conclude. Uh, let's do a quick heat check with the with the MVP race because uh, it's 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 a free-headed snake uh, should I say between uh, Stewie uh, Asia and Alyssa Thomas in no particular order all right don't don't, <laughs> don't get offended all right uh, but good luck figuring out who's gonna be the MVP right I mean they're all well deserving I mean obviously we are Liberty fans we want Stewie to win we think, you know, I think Stewie should get it, but I also wouldn't be mad if Asia or Alyssa Thomas got it either because it's, it's well-deserved. All three of them are having a phenomenal season, and so it's a tough one. This is either one. Now, if you pick somebody outside of that three, I'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, I'd be shocked, but I think those are your three. I think those are the top runners right there. Either one is well-deserving, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, since the last time we talked about the MVP race, uh, you know, Asia scored 53. Uh, Elisa Thomas uh, continued to dominate on you know, both sides of the floor. Uh, Stewie, despite a couple of rough shooting nights, you know, continued to dominate as well and lift the liberty. Uh, so good luck uh, for anybody who's voting for the MVP because that's going to be a tough choice. Yeah. You're looking at the stats. I mean, Stewie is the second best scorer in the league with 23.1 points, uh, 9.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.5 steals. Um, she's shooting almost 40% from the three-point line, uh, 46.5 uh, field goal percentage. Considering that she takes a lot of shots, that's a very good percentage. She only has 1.6 uh, turnovers when you think about the fact that she has the ball a lot on her hands. 1.6 blocks. I mean, those stats are incredible. Uh, but then, you know, let's look at Asia Wilson. 21.9 uh, points. Uh, so less points than, uh, than Stewie, but slightly more rebounds. Uh, less assists. Uh, she's not necessarily a, a player that, you know, you know, has a lot of assists. But I didn't know when I look at the stat that she just has as many steals as, as Stewie. Uh, a block, the blocks is definitely uh, a forte. She's one of the best blockers in the league. Um, she doesn't take, obviously, a lot of other frees. But she's so dominant on the, on the inside. And every start, everything starts from her. So it wouldn't be shocking if she got back-to-back MVPs and the third uh, MVP trophy for her. And then Elisa Thomas, what can we say? I mean, have you seen a player before that plays 40 minutes a game um, and doesn't look tired? Like, and doing it, like, day, you know, day in, day out. Like, it's just incredible. She can dribble with both hands comfortably. Um, you know, she passes uh, like a point guard, and it's not a natural position. She makes the game easier for other players that mm-hmm. allow players to cut to the basket. She will find that you know little open spot to give it to other players. She'll grab rebounds. I mean, she had shoulder injuries that forced her to change, uh, uh, you know, the way she shoot free throws, uh, and she could pretty much shoot uh, both hands. Um, and so she wouldn't be like you know a three point shooter, a mid range shooter, but she will always find a way. 
to get to the basket. I mean, we saw against uh, Stewie and the Liberty, like, Stewie was on defense on her, and, and she struggled to, to stop her. Um, so, you know, she's got close to 16 points a game, close to 10 rebounds, close to uh, 8.1 assists. So she pretty much has almost a triple-double on average, uh, close to two uh, steals. Um, yeah, I mean, I try to be as concise as possible in terms of the stats and what they bring to the team. Let's not forget leadership as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, should we split the trophy in in in, in three <laughs> slices? Because I really don't know who's gonna be MVP at this point. Yeah, I think you know as you read off the stats, you're just like, whew, geez, like, you know, Alyssa Thomas stats. They are dominant, like you said. They she's near a triple double just on her stats. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, it it really is it's gonna come down to just kind of how you view an MVP. It's gonna come down to like how you view that MVP and how they really affect the game for their team day in day out. Mm. And they all affect their team in a great way. They really do. So it's just I feel like it's just gonna come down to preference almost because yeah. all three of them are just well-deserved MVP. I would say either preferences or standings. Um, yeah. Let's not forget that, yes, I think that there's a certain level of bias when, when it comes to voting because if you're a journalist that follow the Liberty or the Connecticut Sun or the Aces, you're probably going to be more inclined to vote for the player of that team. And then have you actually watched the games of the other players? So... Yeah. It, it makes it really like hard to figure out you know how fair this this voting is so i would say that the last part of the season is about six or seven games for most of the teams now uh left um maybe that that'll come into play the way the liberty finished the season they have quite a, f- a few tough opponents at home and uh you know they're also gonna play in dallas uh that might you know come into play the the last matchup with the aces might be important so who knows if that those things will come into play but um you know obviously we're gonna stick to stewie if we uh, could vote we'll, we'll give it to brianna stewart um but good luck uh for the voters uh <laughs> i would not uh want to be in your position i mean i would love to you know you know have the power to get a vote but in this very moment i think i'll leave it to you guys uh good luck uh with that choice um and so to finish uh the last point i wanted to finish on uh is to kind of sort of project ourselves um uh to the playoffs Uh, Mm -hmm. you know a lot of things uh at this very moment can happen uh, the Liberty could still be uh, number one in the league, just as well as the Aces. It's getting now tougher for the Connecticut to get to that point, but it's still sort of possible. Uh, the lowest seed that they could finish is fourth, uh, those three teams. Uh, they cannot go below that. And then after that, from the fourth spot to, uh, I would say, maybe the 10th spot, because now... Uh, Seattle and uh, Phoenix lost today, which uh, eliminated them from the the playoffs contention. So I would say from the fourth to the tenth spot, anything could could happen and and, and change. So let's uh, look at the the playoff format that changed last year. And so the number one seed would face the the eight seed, 
Uh, and at this very moment, uh, that would be the Las Vegas Aces against the LA Sparks. Uh, and then in the other first round matchup that would uh, potentially uh, face the Aces or the Sparks, uh, it's the fourth seed versus the fifth seed. So at this very moment, it's Dallas uh, against the Minnesota Lynx. And then on the other side, where the Liberty are at this very moment, as the second seed, they would face the seventh seed. And at right now, it would be a matchup between the New York Liberty and the Atlanta Dream. And then for the other first round, that would face the winner of that round. It would be uh, the third seed against the sixth seed, so Connecticut against the Washington Mystics. So let's project ourselves and what would be sort of like the ideal matchups or maybe some of the matchups that you would like to see. And, and I told you before we re recorded the podcast, for me, ideally, I would love to have a first round between Connecticut and the Mystics because I don't know for you, but I would be, even though I'm super confident about my Liberty and how they've been playing and growing all throughout the season, the worst matchup would definitely be the Washington Mystics in the first round. Because if you look at the team, the Mystics, with all the injuries they had, and now finally they're starting to have all their starters back. Yeah. And by the time the season ends, they will probably have had more minutes and, 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 more, and they will be more in shape. You do not want to face a team like that in the first round, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, what put the Mystics in this position is really just injury. Yeah. They're a great team, and they're a tough team, and they were tough, tough for the be, Liberty, yeah. you yeah. know. I mean, the Liberty had to come back in that last game, you know, weeks ago against the Mystics, but they lost the first game. They lost the know, first game. They won the third them. game, uh, but, you know, it wasn't easy. And they were missing Elena Donadon, Shakira Austin. Yeah. I think you even Ariel Atkins were. So they were missing people and it's still able to make it a game. So. Yeah, so it's not, this is not easy. But again, once you get into playoff mode, you got to beat the best of the best. Everybody's going to come with their A game, so it doesn't matter. I agree with you, but if you could avoid yeah. it in the first round, that would be great, though. Yeah, it would be nice to avoid Let them that. battle with another yeah. tough team so that. Afterwards, you could just face them and maybe they're a little point. a little more tired, right? I, I see your point. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to face the Mystics right now. But again, like, playoff is playoffs. You, yeah. you just got to... You got to beat everybody, right? You got to beat everybody to get to the top. So, you know, it's not going to be easy no matter who uh, the Liberty face. You know, um, these teams are good and they're going to fight and they're going to play with that grit. And the Liberty, has to, they have to stay locked in, period. They mm. can't you know, come off of a win or come off of, like, you know, this past week having, like, five days off and being lethargic, that won't happen in the playoffs. I think once they get into a rhythm, back into their rhythm, you know, I think they'll be just fine. But even though, yes, like you said, and that's something that actually they mentioned a few times, the Liberty, that they don't really look at what other teams are doing. Mm -hmm. They just focus on themselves and what they need to do to win and, and improve. Um... So I definitely give them props for that. They don't really look too much into what's going on outside. They focus on them. Um, so I'm sure that that would be their mentality coming to the playoffs, that it doesn't matter who we're facing. If we play our game and focus on what we need to do, um, we'll just you know deal with it. But ideally, what would be your, your favorite matchup in, in the first round? Favorite? 
I mean, I think... Or like the least favorable because <laughs> it's hard to say my favorite because, you know, anything could happen, but... I mean, the way it stands right now, I feel like... Personally, I would prefer the Liberty to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of have that side of the bracket... I think they'd have a better time. But again, as I said, it's playoffs. You got to play the best of the best. I, I think if it if it were the way it went right now, they would play Atlanta. Yeah, I would definitely give the Liberty the edge, you know, over Atlanta. Two, two out of three games. I think they can do it, obviously. They've played them a couple times this year and have done pretty well. I mean, Atlanta, though, is tough. It's not easy. They're, they're an inconsistent team. They're a young team. Uh, yeah. They've lost a couple of games lately. So um, we blew them up as well. So I think it would be an exciting matchup, especially, uh, you know, Ryan uh, Howard, uh, you know, wanted to prove a point against the Liberty and the Liberty kind of uh, took it personally as well. So I think it would be like a fun and exciting okay. uh, first-round matchup. Uh, but I do think that we have the weapons to... Um, you know, take care of business against uh, Atlanta. So it would be a good matchup. Uh, If I had to answer at the top of my head, I would say Minnesota because we just blew them up uh, recently. Um, And then the the Ellis Sparks, which could also be a potential matchup. Um, You know, we beat them twice in LA. The second game wasn't easy. We'll face them uh, very soon at home as well. But they're more on the come up, so it will actually be interesting to, um, you know, see if uh, it's a more challenging matchup than we expect. But they're on the come up, so I would say maybe not right now. Um, but definitely I would put uh, Minnesota as uh, my favorite matchup. Uh, Atlanta, uh, which is the current matchup, as the second uh, choice. And then maybe the, the Sparks as my third choice for the first round. Um, but definitely not the Mystics. Uh, that's definitely something uh, you want to avoid. Uh, Dallas, uh, I mean, Dallas looks like they're going to get the full spot. But who knows? Like, they don't have a big lead uh, in the standings compared to the other teams. So that would be also a tricky matchup to have in the first round. I mean, this the rest of the season, you know, there's only a few games left. But you still got – there's still a couple weeks of games. And between the fourth and eighth seed – it could flip in any direction. I don't foresee it flipping drastically. I think Dallas will probably remain where they are. But again, anything could happen right now. Again, you know, Washington, they just beat the Aces. That gives them a lot of confidence to push and and to win these games and, you know, the upcoming games. So they could go up and, you know, they might bounce up in the standings. You don't know. So, um yeah, it's going to be tough regardless. I'm just glad the Liberty are in the playoffs and we didn't have to, like, grudge match it out until, until the very, the very end, end yeah. you know, to be like, yeah, we made the playoffs. You know, I think for them, they just can continue knowing that's already done. We're in the playoffs. We know what we got to do. We just got to continue to stay locked in and going about our game plan. And they've been doing that and being pretty successful. Yeah, so it's going to be an exciting uh, week ahead. Uh, make sure you tune in to uh, or go to the Barclays to uh, root for the Liberty against the Aces uh, on Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, then they will face on Friday for the Caribbean night. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, the Connecticut Sun for the final time this season at home uh, on Friday. And then it will travel to Chicago uh, on Sunday 
uh, facing this guy for the last time uh, this season. So pretty exciting week ahead. We'll be there and uh, recap everything in, on our next podcast. And so as we always say, Felicia, let's go, Liberty!